Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything, the show where I, Emma Wilman, try to get to the bottom of what modern masculinity is all about by asking men my and your burning questions. Thank you so much for being here. There's so many things you could be listening to and doing, and I just want you to know I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. It's really, it's an honor to be in your ears or your car or wherever you're listening to this. Be in your ears. I'm sorry. Sorry to make it weird right up top. Today, my guest is comedian and podcaster, host of Little Dinky News. Che Dorena. He's the first guest we've had on that is someone I don't go way back with. I don't even think him and I had had a conversation before, but I had just seen him online. I'd been a fan of his comedy, and it was really fun to get to sit down and talk to each other about sex, dating, and relating, and self-care, an extremely impressive nighttime routine that I also found very inspiring. And he's a great way of talking about sex that just makes me feel so comfortable to the point where I realize because we're recording this after we did the conversation, I realized at the end I said, I'm gonna try to think about if I were a straight girl trying to approach you. I don't even think I've ever tried to get into that headspace before, but it was an honor and a privilege. Try to go there. I hope I represented okay, I didn't. Also real quick for live tour dates, I'm gonna be at Laugh Boston November 16th. I'll be in Beverly, Mass November 17th and 18th and I will be in Austin, Texas October 27th and 28th. I have a bunch more tour dates coming up but those are the big ones I'm really excited about. You can get tickets at immemmawillman.com. I'd love to meet you in person. Let's get into today's episode and as always, please write in any questions you have, anything you want me to ask, anything you wanna complain about, write in at ama at betches.com. Here's the episode, let's ask men anything. Thank you for being here, Che. Thank you for having me, I really appreciate it. Of course. What were you like as a little kid? Uh, as a little kid, I mean, I still have uh, bits of this, just like kind of like dorky, really love video games, still really love mm. video games. Um, kind of an indoor kid, uh, but very sociable, super sociable. That's like always been a piece of me. It's like love hanging out with people, love like socializing and just having like a good friend group. Totally. Yeah, yeah, were you yeah. ever like a were you ever a chubby little kid? Oh yeah, I was chubby. Mm. Yeah, I was chunky until like uh, probably twelve. I was. Yeah. I relate to that, and part of why I asked that was because when I was watching some of your videos, I was like, "He's." I don't. This is going to seem like a huge jump, <laughs> but I was like, "He." I can tell that you must make um, like people that you're attracted to so comfortable. I try. Yeah. Which I, is so important. But I, I mean, I was like, so I was watching some of the videos and I was, <laughs> this is going to sound, so I was like, this guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like part of that too is like making people comfortable. And then in my brain, this might be too much of ADD jump, but I was like, I wonder sometimes I think sometimes that when kids that were chubby kids, like understand what it's like to be uncomfortable and then the importance of making someone feel comfortable in their body. But you just seem like you really value people you're attracted to's body. I've never even thought about it in that context, Mm. but I, I just, the whole like interaction of sex for me has always been like, we're both trying to have a good time. We're both trying to come. We're both like, and it's also fun. And it's like an equal exchange. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting something for you. You're not getting something for me. We're like sharing this yes. moment right now and having a really good time. And so it's like you want the time to be as good as possible and be fun and like hot. And also it's so cerebral that if the other person is uncomfortable, they're not going to have a good time. You have to get as calm as possible. And I've had so much from like 18 to 22. I had like terrible performance anxiety where it would be like, Unless I was drunk, I basically couldn't get hard with a girl. Sure. I was like, so, and every now and again, it like creeps in where I'm like, it's like, what if you don't get hard? And then it's in your head and it's like impossible to get out. Um, so maybe from that, from the chubby kid thing, from having my own insecurities around it, I've always been like, we like as much as possible, we're having a good time. Lots of kissing, touching, uh, positive reinforcement. You're super hot, all that stuff. Positive reinforcement, huge. 
Mm-hmm. Huge. If someone, I've never been into negging. That I'm like, no. I get, I get like sad. Like yeah, if someone yeah. tries to flirt, someone tried to flirt with me once after a show, and they said they liked me better when I didn't have my tooth because I was missing a tooth for a little while. Oh, really? And I just got really serious and was like, yeah, I'm really insecure about it. And she was like, I was trying to flirt with you, and I was like, I just walked away. Oh. <laughs> but that's me. That's me. I'm not good at flirting. Oh, I love it. So <laughs> we have some modern masculinity questions for you before we get into our email today. Hit me. All right. Have you seen the role of being a man change in your lifetime? And do you think what it means to be masculine has changed? I think it's shifted a bit. The Like my personal role in what it means to be a man has just been like, I guess, basically understanding how to take care of myself more and also mm. like becoming more secure in myself. Like there was a, a period in my life where I felt it was so important to like confirm my own masculinity through like sexual conquest or whatever. So like try to sleep with as many people as you can, try to uh, like be as strong as you can or do these things that uh, I was doing out of insecurity, not because I was like, oh, uh, I actually enjoy these things. Then had, I had to like separate myself from that in order to be like, okay, now I can actually properly enjoy sex. Now I'm like working out for the sake of being healthy and being in shape totally. and having a, a, like a, a good body for me rather than this insecurity driving me. So getting out of like what the, I guess like status quo is from the outside in of what it means to be a dude. Um, and at, as I've gotten older, I've seen that sort of influence on younger people. Like you see it online all the time, like what the concept of being a man is, is like being shifted between all these different talking heads on all these different platforms and everyone's running in all these different directions Mm. instead of like doing the inner work of understanding what you want out of your life. And I think that's what shifted for me the most is understanding myself and understanding what I want to accomplish and understanding what that means in terms of masculinity. Was there like a sonic boom moment that happened or did you just get super depressed gradually or was it just like, <laughs> like was there something where you're like, I got to take care of myself? I had a really serious mushroom trip once mm. that helped me like uh, confront my insecurities and like kind of realized like they were passed down from like my parents and from television and from these different from the things. Mushrooms? From the mushrooms, yeah. Out of like a real like you know when people have uh, drug trips where they're like, oh, oh, I had this like crazy experience and I talked to my child self right, and all right. this kind of stuff. And you go like, ah, that can't happen. I didn't like talk to my child self, but I like looked through steps of like specific moments and interactions I had with my parents where it was like their fears and, and anxieties being passed on to me. And I was like, oh, this isn't mine. I don't need to hold on to this, which I'm not telling anyone listening to this pod, like go out and do a bunch of psychedelics and it's going <laughs> to fix your problems. But it put me on the path of understanding what's mine and what's not mine. When did you become aware of gender as a concept? Oh, I mean, I've never really like I've never like thought about too much about like my own self in masculinity. Like I've always felt very comfortable in my body and I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah, because I think about gender all the fucking time. But I think that's because like for obvious reasons, like I'm a little like fruity in the mix of it because (laughs) I I didn't know that everyone didn't think about it all the time because all of a sudden when it came in like the the sphere everyone talking about pronouns i was like oh my god i didn't know everyone was so comfortable with their pronouns my girlfriend was like i mean yeah she was like it's not something i think about it's like very congruent for me yeah yeah. and i was like i thought everyone was just like how the fuck do i know my pronouns and she was like that would make sense that you emma have that problem more than the average (laughs) i'm sitting there like looking like a little boy like what i didn't know everyone was so comfortable with this and she was like oh boy but that's nice if you don't think about it too much that probably means like it's like lines up yeah it does it lines up perfectly i've always felt very comfortable in my own skin i really feel like comfortable as myself and like sometimes i talk to myself and i i i I always have like a clear dialogue of like who I am and what I need to work on and all those kind of things uh but i'm yeah i'm very grateful that that's never been like a an issue for me what's your most feminine trait that you like about yourself and why do you think it's a feminine trait if you have one maybe something music like i really like like you throw on like some like girly pop music like i call it like 16 year old girl music i love 16 year old girl music dude i love get the fuck out of here i love that stuff what's her name uh olivia rodrigo what song does she say she's got that one uh driver's license that one I don't know it. You don't know it? No. Oh, that's I'll from her like down. last album. She just came out with a new one that I haven't listened to. But that one, Driver's License, you've probably heard it. You just didn't right. know you heard it. Uh, because it was it was huge. It was like all over TikTok and everything. But I yeah, like 16-year-old girl music gets me 
going, man. When I was in college, we used to have these. I went to college <laughs> in this like like little shit town off the. I shouldn't call it a shit town. It was a great town. It's off the coast of BC, and we, I took a scuba diving instructor course nice. there. And it was so, the, but there was nothing going on. It was a summer town during the winter, and there was four of us who were all in the course together, or five of us, including myself that all lived in this house together. And so we would like hang out and throw like little parties for ourselves. And one night we like did a bunch of ecstasy and then like listened to like 16 year old girl music, which at the time was like Lady Gaga and stuff and just like danced. The best night ever. <laughs> so good, dude. It makes you feel so good in your heart. Yeah. I've listened to Dan and Kane Damage so many times that my roommate at the time when I was listening to it, she like knocked on my door and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, never better, but I just never love this music. Better. I yeah. love this music. That's definitely, I think that's gotta be it. Like I love love yeah i love that, that music though i feel like it would be impossible to have sex to I oh yeah no 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 yeah i don't do think you, are you a music do you do you bang with music no not really not me either i'm very i mean maybe in college maybe when i first started having sex mm -hmm. but then i'm so much more like auditory and mm -hmm. verbal like i want to hear like everything i want to hear the sloshes i want to hear the everything yeah. yes. and like if there's any like like dirty talk to me that is my favorite thing. yes like with yes. porn i put i'll listen to it on like i'll put the porn up if i'm it's on my phone it's usually what i'm watching it on yeah i'll put it up near my ear yeah, yeah, yeah. there's gotta be some type of so if any music would then interfere with me hearing something i'm also a phone porn watcher like i do it all exclusively on the phone i bring like the blanket up to like almost like mid chest <laughs> and then i rest the, the phone there and then i just like i get it going and then because i want the bottom to be covered and warm yes and yeah i need to be like cozy as right. i'm jerking this off this is my self-care yes this is yes. it have you ever felt like you were just watching porn like out of not even not necessity not necessity in a good not like oh i gotta do this but like uh click clocking in like it's like out of a habit that you don't really want to do anymore but here you are mm -hmm. have you ever had that um i there's definitely been a couple times i've been doing a bit about this where i have two types of jerking off Ooh. i have like what i call like a maintenance wank and then an indulgence wank mm, i and, love that and a maintenance wank is like i need to go to sleep right. i need to whatever i'm maybe i'm just so horny like i can't focus on right. stuff so i need to jerk off and then just so i can get back to life yes and then indulgence wank is like I got all day. I open a bunch of right. tabs. <laughs> like I got oh, treat myself. Oh, dude, I love a good indulgence wank. I'm gonna click around. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. It's mostly just looking at thumbnails. I'm mostly really? just watching thumbnails. One time I caught myself. I, I had so I'd like Reddit porn. Do you ever use Reddit for porn? I I get a little. I'm a little more basic, but I I used to go on Craigslist a lot but um no i guess i haven't really done reddit i'm gonna go do that tonight reddit so reddit there's specific like the good thing about reddit is very specific right like do you know what gruel is have you heard of gruel no so, so gruel is like it's not squirt but you, when the pussy is like gooey and like the like the like I, I it's not discharged but when she's has like a gooey pussy yeah it's like and they specifically after a someone came in it oh no 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 not it's Gooey not on the, her own yes like Love she that. has like like yeah I, I don't i guess her like stuff. mucus whatever yeah. yeah i really like that stuff that i like that because i'll say to my girlfriend sometimes i'm like no like she'll be like i need to shower i'm like no 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 i don't want well, you dude, to i want the goo i want the i want and i've noticed the more i'm in love with someone the more i want their goo the more you want like, their goo. <laughs> if i wasn't in love like i remember being with someone once and i wasn't into period sex because i was like less into like her different bodily functions yeah I, in my mind, I was like, they're like satanic because I thought she was a bad person. Yeah. But if I think someone's a good person, I'm like, I want all the goo. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sweat, the everything coming out of your butt. Like I'll literally I'll eat like large amounts of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like the goo. I think it's attractive. It is. I'm all about like the stinks, the smells, yes. the like all like I want that like stuff off you. Like the early morning, like morning breath was mm. someone that I like. I'm into it. Like, wow. let's make out right away. Right away. Yeah. Fucking go. That's fucking See, go. I said this guy fucks. <laughs> I'm busy on the go and don't always have time to go to the grocery store and pick out what I'm going to eat for the week. Thankfully, I found ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of shopping and cooking with a great selection of fish, chicken, beef, and more. 
And their cuts of meat are always way better than anything I would find in the grocery store. I love their chicken thighs. Best chicken thighs I've ever had. I swear on my mom. With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. I can get 100% grass-fed, beef-free-range organic chicken and wild-caught seafood delivered straight to my doorstep. I don't even have to mess with going to the store. Plus, they have free shipping always. And because this is really important to me, with ButcherBox, all the meat is humanely raised. That means no antibiotics or added hormones. You can curate and customize what you want in each box. And if you're feeling uninspired in the kitchen, they have an entire catalog of delicious recipes to get you started. All I have to think about is what I'm going to binge watch on TV while I enjoyed Butcher Box's high quality cuts. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash AMA and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash AMA and use code AMA to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Okay, we have a listener email. Perfect. Please write into us, ama at betches.com. We love getting your emails. Thank you, guys. This segment is called Why to Men. Dear Emma and man, today's man is Chaderena. Please check him out online. He's awesome. What's the deal with men always putting one hand down their pants while they're watching television? My husband does this every night without fail. I know it's not necessarily a sexual thing, especially since lately we're binge watching Suits. But I've heard, I appreciate that specificity, but I've heard from my friends that their male partners do the same thing. Would love to know what's going on down there. Thanks. Um, I bet you holds his other hand. (laughs) I, okay. This is like universal. My dad does this. I do this. My brother does this. Oh, it's like, I don't think my dad did that. My dad definitely did it. It was like, my dad didn't do it because it was just me and him for a long time. So maybe he was censoring himself. Could have been 100%. But it's like a, it's. I think it's like a, for one, it's warm. It's yes. nice. It's a nice warm feeling. I think it's like a comfortability thing. Did you ever like suck your finger or your thumb or anything when you were a kid? I chewed on, st- I think I suck my thumb. I do do the hand. I'll put my hand like where it's like kind of, I don't know where it's like just above myself. Like I'll mm. do that a lot. Yeah. But it is, I will kind of, I'll kind of like grab myself to it because it feels like I'm like centering myself to myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I- and it's, I think if I had a penis, I'd do the same thing. It's just kind of like it's a whole comfortability, like relaxation, like you're it's a cozy thing. It's a cozy thing just to like slip your hand in your pants. And like uh, I you're not necessarily always like grabbing your dick when it's just me, for sure. When I'm alone by myself in my apartment, I'm usually nude most of the time. Hmm. I had to get like drapes or whatever blinds just because I'm like, I don't want to do that to my neighbors. Right. Um, but I am constantly touching my dick. Hmm. Like constantly, like I have foreskin still too. So I'll like, I'll do this thing where I'll like put my finger like in the foreskin and like, so it's like suctioned and like pop it. And like, whoa, I'll do that. Just like, just isn't as like the tip of the penis. Now I'm not the one to be instructing about, but isn't the tip of the penis like the most sensitive under the foreskin? It is, it is, but it's not so sensitive. And also it's, it's that one thing where like, if uh, you pinch yourself, it doesn't hurt as much as right. say if someone else yeah, does yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like in control of that and I'm aware of what's about to happen. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, but I, touching your dick as a dude, your dick and your balls and stuff and just like resting there, it's this innate thing. You put your hand on your dick, you feel cozy, you feel relaxed. It's, uh, I don't really know how to describe it other than I've always done it and always will. There was this comic, I wish I could remember his name. He has this joke about like, uh, there's like this animalistic thing to like look at boobs and butts mm-hmm. and yeah, or no, I think it's specifically about dicks. It's like in the change room, you look at a guy's dick and it's like a primal thing. Right. And it's like, he says, it's not that I want to look at your dick. It's that I already did. <laughs> <laughs> when people look at someone else's dicks, is it because they're just trying to, are they being like, oh, I just want to make sure I'm normal. Or I'm just curious. I guess it's like, how could you not to? Because it's also like an external expended, expended, whatever. And you also just like never see it. Right. And I think there's, for me, like if I'm in a change room, I, I am consciously avoiding like i'm pushing my eyes to not look at the right. dick but i think it's also that you don't see them and it's just like uh, uh i don't i don't know i don't know what it is you don't see them especially you don't ever see like a soft penis yeah it's rare because in porn rare. it's always like charged up oh yeah party time and i know with like some primates if they let you touch their dick that's like the highest sign of trust of all oh my god touching someone's soft penis of course yeah Yeah. that's like so much that's like such intimacy yeah because like you're also i feel like probably that's when you're not necessarily like people think of hardness as like that's when i'm impressing you Mm -hmm. that's probably where so much so much of the pressure comes from from like keeping your penis hard yeah yeah 
But then if it's soft, you're like, I trust you so much. Absolutely. Are you into, have you read, I haven't read it, but I, I want to read this book now. Sex at Dawn. You, Never heard of it. And so it's about, this guy wrote a, a book about bonobos and bonobos are like our closest relative in primates or something. It's a type of Is monkey. Is it also a clothing brand? Maybe. That was what I thought of at first. Really? Wow. Is I, it? I oh, need yeah. to get some time in the woods because the first thing I think of, of the thing where it's like named after the thing is the yeah. thing, like the second thing. I need to know that you're, or, like it's like me thinking of Amazon as Amazon the company, not Amazon, Amazon the rainforest. Bonobos <laughs> came from somewhere. Okay, so but I apes. They're apes and they solve all of their problems through sex. So they like, if they get in a disagreement or someone steals food or everything, I think they'll all fuck each other. The only crossover that won't happen is like mother to son. Mm. That's the only people that, but they, every time they have a problem, they fuck and they all fuck everyone. And it's, and because there's such a close relative, there's a thought that maybe we're not supposed to be monogamous. Maybe we're supposed to be polyamorous if you choose to be. Sure. Um, uh, or at least explore that a little bit more and that there shouldn't be as much like jealousy or... Uh, uh, I guess uh, hatred or anything towards people exploring relationships that have multiple partners or anything like that. Uh, and like I said, I haven't read the book. I want to read the book. But yeah, it's, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, as I think so much about polyamory for me would come into like my own insecurities, which isn't something I would want to like a place I would want to operate from. Yeah, but then also like logistically, time wise. So how much time do I have? To how much this? time do I have? Yeah. Like that stresses me out a little bit too. I, my main thing I wonder about is like, is the jealousy towards the having multiple partners is that something that was like instilled in us like culturally totally oh my god yeah totally but then i also think that jealousy would be a good evolutionary trait right to be like if i see you sleeping with someone who i was sleeping with to get jealous and try and fight you because i'm trying to get my offspring yes to stay alive i know it's an odd mix too with me and my girlfriends we'll talk about like her getting fucked by other people constantly that's like a running theme in our sex life mm -hmm. And I'm into that. Like, I love that idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, you just want to get plowed like this, this, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, we'll walk by a restaurant. And she'll be like, oh, I went on a nice date there once. And I'm like, you went on a date with someone else? <laughs> Why did you do that? But I used to not really be like that. But yeah. now I'm so, this is my longest relationship. Now I am like that. But yeah. I used to, like, but I love hearing sex tales of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the the more you get closer to the person because there's been people I've been like seeing, not seriously dating, but we're sleeping together for like several months. Yes. And I've been around them and yeah, they'll tell me sex stuff or they'll be like, oh, do you want to go to this like uh, swingers club or something? And the idea of them fucking other people, I've always been like, yeah, whatever, do right. whatever you want. But I think as you get more intertwined with someone, the more love you have for that person, it's like those little things get harder and harder to be like, no, no, you're mine. You're mine totally. forever. Yeah. Or like, I always think of it like, going out to eat like i'm like if you guys go if you go out to eat with someone like you're who are you sharing your thoughts with yeah that to me is the most intimate one yeah what's your longest relationship uh oh very short it was like a year and a half but i was in high school since then my longest one has been like six months my longest one up to this one was a year and a half yeah you know what can you do yeah i don't know i'm just not good at it it's hard it's hard and it's also a big thing about knowing yourself too and what you want and what your boundaries are and timing absolutely like i think i could do something better now uh, because I know myself way better right. and I know how to like interact and be around another person. I let, letting go of the shit my parents passed down. Yes. Me, my reaction to anything that wasn't in, in congruent with the way I wanted to act was like a rage would mm. like immediately kick up. And then through things like meditation, meditation, huge one. If anyone at home wants like the simplest thing to help your mental health, meditation has been like such a big help for mm. me for just understanding when those emotions are coming. And when someone says something to you and, and it going in your ears and immediately yes, having an emotional response. Yeah. That huge. buffer. Oh, it's huge to have that buffer between your thoughts and your emotions. Huge. And remembering oh. your feelings aren't facts. Yes. That's huge in a relationship too, because your knee jerk response to something for me, will you, maybe if it's defensive or whatever it is, mm. it's never going to benefit the relationship to snap like at somebody. One big one for me was like a, this realization moment of understanding where these things come from. And they're not, it's not coming from the person saying something to you. It's coming right. from something deep embedded inside you. Yes. If anyone disagreed with me i would feel like they're oh they're just saying you're stupid oh my god me too yeah i would say i would think that they were thinking i'm stupid and yeah. be like what and they're like no i just think that you could have done this differently or i would have done it like this and i'm yeah. like you, you think i'm stupid yeah and that makes me angry right. immediately i had this moment where i was in the car with my friends and we were talking about i think we we're talking about like lord's new album or something 
And I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I heard this album sucks. And both my friends went like, oh, no, it's good. It has these songs and these songs. And I started to get this rage. You're like, so you think I'm an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> and I caught myself in it. And I was like, not only is that not what they're implying, but... I haven't even listened to the album. I heard from another person that it was bad <laughs> and I'm holding on to this opinion so tightly that I'm getting angry. Right. And I was like, holy shit, like just like let, and then immediately having that and that buffer between my thoughts and my emotions and then just letting that go where that might've been something that pissed me off all day if I didn't. Yes, and also it's like, maybe it's not personal. Yeah, it's not personal. It's not personal They have their own opinions. All. Right, yeah. great, like yeah. more power to you. Yeah, totally. Was there a time in your life where people did regularly make you feel stupid that you think that that comes from? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. My mom was, like, not good with that. Like, she called – me and my sister have worked through a lot of this personally. So, like, my family's very fractured. We have – my dad was married before, had two kids. My mom was married before, had a kid. And then me and my sister on my mom's side grew up together the entire mm. time. My brother came over when I was, like, six. And then my sister came over – on my dad's side came over when I was, like, I want to say, like, 17 or something so it's like we all have different levels of like interaction of when we like met and started being close to family and then of course they got divorced but me and my sister on my uh mom's side we have worked through the stuff with our mom the most because we had her the entire time right. and she yeah she, oh, you're you guys are fucking idiots you mm -hmm. guys are stupid you're like i don't know how many times i was called stupid a fucking idiot yeah so that it's so important to remember too, like when someone has that reaction where they're getting mad at, say they just got, they snapped about the Lord album or whatever it yeah. is. It's like, then you like go, where's backstory. this come from? Right. Oh, and dear. then like they do it with like serial killer movies for like, yeah. he kills all these people and then they're like, and then they're, someone, not that this makes someone be a serial killer, but you're just seeing the backstory. And then the mom's like, I'm never playing chess with you, you little fucking idiot. And yes. Like, Ooh, okay. Okay, now we're gonna do a segment called Ask Che Anything. Nice. This is the part of the show where we try to get inside the male mind with specific questions tailored to my guest, Che Dorena. Che, are you ready for me to ask you anything? Ask me anything. Have you ever broken up with a woman over something trivial? If so, what was the most trivial hangup you've ever had? Oh. <laughs> well, my first girlfriend, I was like, I was very young. I was like 14, 15. A baby. I was a baby. Is that, but did you lose your virginity to her? I did. Yeah. I did lose my virginity to her. But I think I broke up with her just because I was like, well, this is, we're not going to be together forever. Right. And such then, a romantic at such a young age. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it was my parents had such a dysfunctional relationship that I'm like, yeah, well, I see what like marriage and dating is like. And I'm like, it doesn't look like a good time. So we're just going to call, we're going to cut this call off right quits. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about that with what I saw growing up too. Cause when people are like, why doesn't my partner want to get married? And I'm like, well, maybe they're what they saw of marriage wasn't something that they want to put you through. Yes. Maybe they didn't have a good representation of marriage. Have you ever like gone over to a friend's house or something and their parents are like so functional yes, and so good time. and you're like, what the fuck is going Mesa on? Mesa Schubeck, my best friend in elementary school, her parents really loved each other. Yeah. And I remember they were like, the mom saying once, you know, I make a choice all the time to be with him. Like some, yeah, of course you still get attracted to other people, but we're still together. Mm -hmm. And then my friend Sam Kestamama's parents really loved each other. They thought each other was so funny. Yeah. And I was shook. I was shook. I was like, what is wrong with these people? Like, what are they it, hiding? Yeah, this is sick. This is weird. What is this, like a sex thing? What's going totally, on here? Totally. Yeah. Totally. What are you guys fucking each other? And they're like, literally, yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, man. One of my buddies, his, he has like the most functional family ever. Uh, and they're so nice. They're the sweetest people of all time. And every time I'm around, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Who, there's, some, you guys, there's some shit. There's some deeper shit going on here. You can't just be healthy and love each other and have a functional family. No, you guys I killed someone and you're all right. keeping the secret. And that's why you guys are still together. You're like calling the cops to do wellness checks. They're like, yeah, we don't know if he's okay. Every time he comes over, he's just freaking out, checking the fridge, like yeah. looking for dead bodies. What's the secret, man? It makes sense that that would be why someone would not want to like end up being in a relationship too when you're like, okay, this is going kind of well. And also it's like not having tools to pull from to see oh, like yeah. where you even want it to go. Well, you don't know, understand like, okay, well maybe get her flowers or do this mm. on her birthday, do that. None of that stuff was passed down. I remember my dad forgot my mom's birthday. We're on a road trip from uh, Vancouver down to Disneyland. This is like four days oh, in a God, car together. Oh God, road trip's the worst place for awkward interaction. Oh, my, and my family vacations were toxic, man. Yeah. My parents <laughs> just fought the whole time. Oh God, in the car. 
and so at one point, then like day two of driving down, we stop at uh, at this diner to have food, and my mom's in like a shit mood. Fuck. And she goes to my dad, and she goes, "What day is it?" And my dad goes, "Tuesday." No. And my mom goes, "It's my birthday," and he goes. Nah, I'm sticking with Tuesday. That's, that's what he did. Isn't that fucking crazy, dude? Son of a bitch. Crazy. Just crazy. gaslit her whole birthday. Just gaslit her birthday, bro. That was his decision, man. Like, they, yeah, it was like, that was one of the wildest. And you see that as a kid. Now, like, I was never taught, like, oh, on someone's birthday, maybe do this right. nice thing for them. Yeah. I guess when you start doing those things, then it'll mean because it's really coming from you. Yeah, I really, I had to YouTube it. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a serial killer YouTubing those like basic skills. skills yeah. Like how to advocate for yourself. I've YouTubed that type of stuff. And then I'm like, am I a robot pretending to be a person learning what to do on someone's birthday? Do you think men are afraid of being trapped and why? Uh, yeah, I think they definitely are. I think the what, what we spoke about briefly before, like, I think why it's so important to do the inner work is because there's so many of these outward voices telling you this is what it means to be a man. No, this is what it means to be right. a man. No, you got to do this. Da, da, da. So that if you don't do that inner work and get to the bottom of your insecurity, your insecurity is going to feed in these things because you're so unsure about what you, who you are as a man and what being a man means to you. If you know, you okay, I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I want to build this type of life. And someone says, you need to have like a side chick and you need to do this. Right. And you go, no, that's stupid. Right. That's that doesn't. I know what I want. You need to have that work. So if you are unsure about yourself, the, the making a long term commitment to someone where we're like we're going to date, we're going to have kids, and we're going to be locked in. That's very fearful. Like I'm very certain right now that I don't want to have kids. That mm. could change as I get older, but I know that I don't want to. So as I see my friends starting to get married and starting to have kids and starting to do this thing, there's not a part of me that goes like, oh my God, should I be on this? I'm just like, oh no, I like, I'm very happy with my position in my life. I wonder, I just thought of this while you were saying this. I wonder if because of there's so are so many messages, then that's what makes people then like cling to more quote unquote like toxic things or fragile things. So it's like just looking for a place. Like oh, yeah. that's part of how like hate groups thrive so much where it's like, hey, you can belong here and you don't have to think about it too much. One hundred percent. What we unite around is we're not that. Yes. And so it's like, okay, like if you're like looking for a concept of masculinity that's like coming at you, you've got marketers and politicians and all these people like trying to sell these different images of it, then if someone's just like, No, you're masculine if you do Boom, boom, boom. Then, Wear this deodorant. Exactly. Right. And then those things are answered for you. And then you don't have to worry about a lot of the fear of what drives people. These things right. is an insecurity. Like, uh, like say it's like a relationship. Say a, a guy and a girl, they have an open relationship. And there's the fear of the guy, of, of the outward looking in and being like, oh, you're whatever, you're a cuck or whatever. Right. Because your girlfriend goes out and sleeps with other people, even though you're doing the same. But- for one, your relationship with this person is no one else's business. Yeah, and for all they know, you could be like, you know, in the comfort of your home, own home, like you'll get, go get banged out or and report back to daddy. They don't know what's they, going on. They don't know. Of course, the woman would set the tone if you have that type of dialogue, of course. Yes. The more submissive one is always in more control, is in control. Is that true? I think the submissive, I mean, that's, yes. Oh, really? I mean, the more submissive one is in control in that because... You can't do it. It has to be like they have to be. It's within their boundaries. Within their boundaries. So uh, in that sense, yeah. I never really thought about that. I feel nice. like yeah. they have to be in control. So then they, I mean, control of saying like they have to know. They have to know that they're safe, and then yes. they can fully submit, and then you can do whatever you want to them. But they have to be totally safe, otherwise. So they're controlling that. That's sense. very true. That is very true. Would you rather be told that your kissing needs work, or have to tell a girl that her kissing needs work? Oh, I think. I would rather have to do it. Oh, but you'd do rather I want... have to tell the person. Yeah, or but would I rather have it done to me? I think I would rather have to tell the person. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because like, yeah, maybe that's just my own insecurity, and also that I do pride myself on being a good kisser. I've been told I'm a good kisser Kissing's several so times. Important. I think I'm a good kisser. I've been told I'm a good kisser. So then if I if I lost that, that's like a that's a one of my poles. It's my root part right. of myself. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't like. I think. If I told, I would be very tactical about mm. it. Like, I wouldn't be like, yo, you're a bad kisser. You need to get better at that. I would be like, <laughs> I would just be like. Go kiss some people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can you, can you get to kissing? Practice. Yeah. 
Get it. I think it would be like, let's, oh, like maybe kiss me slower right. or like less tongue or some, I would be like, oh, I like it kind of like this. Maybe it'd be nice if you do this, you're biting my lip too much or something uh, just to nudge them in the right direction. Retraining a kiss is very possible because that's oh, just yeah. like a tempo thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything but saying it. Yeah. That would be like, that would, I'd rather... I don't know. That would be very uncomfortable. Yeah, I would never want to be like, yo, it's bad. And I don't know if we can fix it. <laughs> What's the worst date you've ever been on and best date? Oh, worst date I've ever been on. Um, hmm. Oh, there was one. Okay, this isn't that eventful. But there was one where uh, I went on a date with this girl. And we I think we had like four drinks or something like that each. And we just sat there and we're at this Thai restaurant. And it was the most boring date ever we I, i've never not connected with someone more really and i was isn't that interesting yeah it's kind of like you're like i just want you to know this is like a special moment for me you're like i could yeah. kind of talk to like a and, noodle like anything yeah and yet here we are and i've nothing and i think i was much younger then and i wasn't mm. as good at at getting to know people or ask the right questions or do those things uh and i also wasn't good enough to know when to just like walk away from the day right. just to be like oh. had the three other drinks uh, yeah i just yeah. kept digging i think we connected on one thing and it was psychedelics and then i just mm. never texted her after that and she never texted me either like, you was, did you something kick in where you're like i gotta try to win her over i don't know i think it was just like uh, i think i was so I think it was maybe only like 23 or 24 at the time. So I just didn't think like I was like, these are the motions of a date. You kind of just right. stay and keep drinking and talking for however long and you just do it. You, do, you don't think outside of those parameters. God, leaving a date would be so uncomfortable, but yeah. also it saves you guys so much time. Yeah. Like not trying to then win her over saved you both a bunch of time. Yeah. And also it's like, maybe you should have gone to a second location. Like right. maybe like, oh, let's go get a coffee or let's go get dessert or something. Make it a little bit more interesting uh, in terms of best dates. That's on her too, though. You got to have a spark. Yes. If there's no spark, there's no spark. There's no spark. Like, just just call it a day. I mean, maybe a spark can form, but you... you, you the... <laughs> you'd know. I like the... Eh. Don't do that on the date if you don't feel a spark. Don't just go... <laughs> but you'll know if there's like some little edge. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, there's usually a thread you can pull on, something you can both align on, something that you get excited of talking about. Do you usually sext before a date? Like before it gets to the point of a date, have you sexed a bunch? I... Ooh, I don't... Th think so really? I've, I've definitely sex with people like i've slept with before when we're of just course. going straight from like hey we're online to like we're hooking up but right. i don't think i've had a big sexual like tension with someone mm. before going to date with them i think i i don't remember there's i think i had like a mix of it but the mm -hmm. worst date i ever had was someone we had the best sex in chemistry and i couldn't believe it yeah and then it was the worst date what happened it was so bad she she was like 40 minutes late which would have been fine but it was just like really weird and then we she was one of those people. She, I'm really not into the negging mm -hmm. stuff, and she, that was her approach. Oh. She's kind of making fun of me, and she just was like, also the, you know, maybe I don't look like my pictures. Maybe she didn't look like her pictures, and that's all. You know, I'm not. Everybody it doesn't matter, yeah. but it, it can be a little jarring. Yes, and it was just she was kind of mean. That's what it was. Yeah, she was mean, and I really, to me, kindness, mean is so simple and yeah. easy, and like. I understand if someone's nervous being like shy, shy, great, no problem with that. But mean or mean to like the staff, I just, it makes me. Oh, mean to staff, absolutely, absolutely immediately not. no. Get out of here. The mean to each other, I will say like bullying is my love language. Like, is it? Like being able to like poke at each other. I mean, I have all older siblings. I'm the right. youngest of four. So being able to poke at each other is like, I love that back and forth a lot. So you uh, could do if someone was like, I don't even know how to do a negging. I couldn't Be do like, nice shirt, stupid. I mean, in the bedroom I, sexually, I don't like. Yes. But just like going back and forth and like, I don't know, that's how you tie your shoes or whatever right, you're like right. getting them on. It's always like kind of in the moment stuff. I do really like that. And, and I it, like when someone makes fun of me too. And it shows that like the person's like paying attention and that is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the best date. The best, the, oh, the best date, please. Best date. This changed how I do dates. Ooh. So this wasn't even like a date. It was me hanging out with one of my boys. <laughs> but I planned this day. That's so nice. It was so nice. We took mushrooms. We first went to the beach. We ate some mushrooms. And then we went to the aquarium. And nice. we we're like high on mushrooms at the aquarium. And we didn't eat. We didn't like eat a bunch and then just get super high. We just kind of ate a little bit throughout the day and kept like this like low level of a little bit high on mushrooms. And we're at the aquarium. 
and we were like just looking at stuff. The jellyfish were like tripping us out. I remember this like so intensely. We're looking at the jellyfish. I turn and there was like an old man who was just like staring at the jellyfish. And then me and my buddy walk away and we're like, yo, he's one of the jellies who got out of the tank. He's looking at his brother because he was like locked in on the jellies. Then we go his brethren, <laughs> his brethren, man. <laughs> then we went to an arcade after, and we were like playing all the arcade games. High on mushrooms, we we're like doing Mario Kart, where you actually like sit in the oh yeah in the whatever the so chair. So fun! So fun! We looked back. There's like a line of kids waiting because we kept playing again and Not again. Today. <laughs> and it just went from like one thing to the next. Then we went, uh, got beers, and we went. We we're walking to go to a park to just like drink beers and watch a, a pickup basketball game. Beautiful day. And on the way there, we were laughing so hard and we almost bumped into this old man. Like I was like not paying attention. I almost hit Jellyfish. this old dude. When we, when I miss him, I just miss him. We get to the other side of the street. My buddy goes, excuse me, jellyfish. And we die laughing so hard. That made me be like, I need to plan dates where we go on like an adventure. Cause I was like, that was one of the most fun days I ever had. Did he appreciate it? Oh yeah, dude. That's one of my best friends in the world. We're still like great boys. He was like, thank you so much. Yeah. Having someone plan something for you is so nice. It was great. It was absolutely That's a wonderful. good way to look at it. Cause I yeah. always am like, I, my girlfriend will always usually plan this stuff but because yeah. it's usually like going out to eat yes but then if you're like i'm gonna plan like going to do whatever else other thing we're gonna go from this place to that yes. place and do all this stuff yeah yeah that's it. get to know each other yes have you ever gone through a girl's phone no i've never i've really? never yeah never gone through a phone i haven't dated seriously so it's hard for right. me to like be in that situation where i think i need to uh i think i'm pretty like I don't know, receptive to what's going on. And mm. I kind of figure it out. If you get to the point where you feel like you need to go through someone's phone, you're probably like already. In the red. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is it repairable to a relationship if a girl goes through your phone? Uh, yeah, I think it is repairable. I think I would have to ask her like, what did I do? Or what was right. this? Or like, what made you think that I was doing this? I think for me, if I was dating someone for who I am and what I do online and like everything that I am as a person like I'm, I'm out sleeping with a lot of strangers right um and, <laughs> um, and you're like and that's what i'm saying out here so like yeah. what do you think my what would be in my phone like what would be in your phone would be so wild if you're like i'm secretly monogamous like i'm not sleeping with anybody it's all a lie yeah, like and that, that's what they would find that would be, cr that'd be, that'd insane. be crazy right so if i started dating someone seriously there would there is i know if they did go through my phone they would find stuff because there's just a backlog of stuff of course. and it's like do you, would i have to go through and delete everything for them to feel comfortable and then if i didn't and then they found something um and then it's also for me to go through and find everything in there it's like that's i don't even know if i have the ability to do that i wonder if that to me someone should not have to delete anything no but I could see someone being like, well, if it makes you uncomfortable or you're trying to hold on to old memories or something, it's like, well, it's a part of my life. I don't know. I'd be curious what other people think of that. Like, should you go through and delete former sex messages, former sexual pictures? I think it's it's a case by case basis. It's yeah. like ever speaking what we we're speaking on before. It's like who, who you are and who they are and what are the terms of your relationship right. and what you like. Uh, if you want everything to be super clean and like some people like I do understand where some people are like I don't have friends of the opposite sex when I'm I'm mm -hmm. married I'm person and neither does my husband and we are together it's like the, she only has female friends he only has male friends or of whatever uh, mixing matching you guys are doing um, it's like if that's the terms of your relationship, then those are the terms of your relationship and you agree on. And if both people are happy with that. Yes. Yeah. I always think of it. Same thing with like cheating. Like cheating is if something violates the terms that you guys set out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know when something's a little funky. Yes. And you wouldn't say it. You know when there's like a vibe or yeah. whatever. What was the first porn you ever watched? You oh, remember what you Googled? It was Bang Bus. It was Bang Bus was the I first I remember one. Bang Bus. Yeah. That was a VHS, right? Oh, no, it was. So it was online, man. My first porn exposure, it was Sam Latif. I remember. Wow. <laughs> you read the credits. Yeah. No, Sam Latif was my friend. He was my friend. We oh, both. I thought it was like the person that directed the porn. I'm like, damn, <laughs> he's a respect for the art. It was my buddy, Sam Latif, where I'm over at his house and he goes like, my brother has like all these crazy websites. He goes, do you want to see them? We yep. go on his computer. I'm no parental supervision on the computer. We just start. He just starts showing like blasting me with porn. Like, look at this video and look at this video and look at this video. And we watched porn for what felt like an eternity. And it like 
changed my life. Yeah, you like, feel your brain changing. Like oh, you're like, yeah. I have access to this. And it was nuts. I just remember watching it and being stunned. It was like someone gave me heroin for the first time. Mm. And then he was like, let's go outside and play hockey. He was unfazed. <laughs> when we're playing like hockey, and I just you're remember like, I never want to do anything else again. Dude, I was just like, I I need, I need this. I need this. <laughs> Whatever that you just did to me, I need that right now. Yeah. Do you think if you never saw porn, it would have like, how do you think your life would be different? Like if there's no porn in your life, so you couldn't, cause porn is such an avenue to explore everything and yeah. it's soothing and it's control and it's so many things. Like, do you think your sex life would be radically different if you'd never been exposed to it? Um, I think it definitely, I think my, my relationship with sex would have been different mm. because my parents found porn on the computer several times and then put like passwords on the computer so you couldn't get onto it and like tried to lock porn away from me mm. so much. I actually, I think I've told this story on other pods, but it's my favorite porn story because my computer was so locked down. I had to get very right. creative of how I watch oh, porn. No. So I convinced my parents, I was like, let's get Wi-Fi. We need Wi-Fi, like we, the future. Right. Um, and I wanted the Wi-Fi because I knew my parents had a Nintendo Wii and the Wii had a browser. And so I would watch porn through the Wii browser in the living room on the big screen TV. Like I fucking own the house. Like I was, I loved it. Wi-Fi was your saving grace. Oh, it was so good. But that relationship with porn of it being like naughty and taken away. Like sometimes I watch porn now and I still get this giddiness. Like, ha, ah, I'm not supposed to do this. Right. Ah. And so I don't know if I would be as invested in it. Mm. And I don't know if I would have the same relationship with it where I'm like, I... I'm very much an advocate of being like freedom sexually. Do whatever you want sexually as long as it's obviously within the confines right. of the law. Uh, and there shouldn't be shame around it because every, we're all fucking. We're all out here fucking. Why is it? Why is this thing? It's like, are we going to feel shameful when we eat? It's like, mm. indulge. People put a lot of shame and in food into sex because it's a way to get into your brain and ultimately, I guess, make you like buy stuff because it's like, okay, if you feel shame about this and you're going to think you need to fix something, so like buy these things to fix you, like consume, yes. consume, consume. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm scared of the world. And then a lot of these people who are pitching these lifestyles of feeling shameful towards these certain things, th if you look under the the hood they're like oh you got to be whatever you got to oh, be yeah. monogamous and do this out of here. Their, their shit's falling apart on the inside right. exactly that's why we're suspicious when we go over to the functional people's house because yes. like wait a minute wait yeah. a minute wait a minute <laughs> what's going on what's here what's going on under the hood eh. yeah. how important to you is good sex versus good conversation in a relationship oh man i like, know they're both very important they're both very important if you have to choose one or the other like i think i would i this is probably surprising but i would choose good conversation because i think you can teach good sex mm. and teach you're, you're always i feel like teaching a little bit because you're trying to teach someone what your specific kinks are and where you yes. like to be touched and how you like to be talked to and someone who's better at sex will they'll be able to adapt those faster and they might understand the importance of good sex better if they are like invested in that. But to be good at conversation, like I don't know, I don't know even know how to teach that. Like I, I, I think you. That's a very important skill. And that's where you're going to be spending most of your time as well. That's such a good point about that you could, because also I think if you have the talking chemistry with someone, mm -hmm. it's more likely that sexual chemistry will then form. Yes. Some people you can have this great intense sexual connection with. And then it's like almost like harrowing when you're like, oh my God, I don't like talking to this person. Yes. I really, I don't like it. And then you're the high of the sexual connection. So then that like overtakes everything, but not being able to talk to someone, then it's like so isolating too. Absolutely. And yeah, and I, it, and not being able to talk to someone, the, the no conversation thing, it might not even be that they're bad at conversing it could be that they you don't have anything aligned right. that you like to talk about which is then it's like how do you even build a relationship off of two people that have no similar interests have no things that they indulge in in a similar way don't like the same tv shows don't like the, right don't have the same views on things like it, it not everything has to be aligned perfectly but there's got to be a tether that you in, grab onto. Interest in the interpretation of the person's worldview. Yes. That's where I'm like, I want to hear about, if you want to hear about how someone processes their day, yeah. that is, to me, like, that is huge. Yeah. Huge. Because then you're like, no, I want to hear your, like, filter through the world. Yes. And that is, like, I find that's, like, so much harder to find. Because we get more practice with... I mean, maybe other people, I mean, you get a lot of more practice with sexual dirty talk, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because once you launch into that, then you got your like little co things that you say. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where you learned how to dirty talk? 
Was it from a person or just from picking stuff up online? I think porn. Porn yeah. was a big one for me. Um, do you? Oh, do you know Manuel Ferreira? No. Okay. Um, he is like. Uh, I, it, it was, I think it's, I've talked about him so many times. Down. He actually messaged me because a podcast <laughs> clip went viral of me being like, he's the best. And he was like, yo, thanks, dude. Um, but Angela White was talking about him on a podcast. And she said that if you were to ask 10 porn stars who their best experience was with a guy, nine of them would say Emmanuel Ferrer. Wow. Apparently he like fucking lays it down on really. I actually got to sit with a porn star. Oh, and that's like, so interesting that laying it down on really would be like what to, because also you have to like snap the person out of what they're used to then. Yes. And he must have made them so comfortable. They, her description of it was like, he's so present. And mm. I was talking to another porn star about it. And she's like, he, he's like from the old world of porn where before in porn i didn't know this until we had this talk but the it was kind of like the cameraman's job to follow you you would go he, he you do whatever you do and he keeps up with you where now i think it's more like okay the cameraman's like okay we need this shot you lean back we're looking over your shoulder so manuel is like he's giving it and the cameraman keeps up with wh whatever art he is creating mm. and he's and he shifts like uh, from watching him. I learned how to do stuff better. He's like he shifts in and out of being like aggressive and being like, oh, you're mm. a little slut to being like, you're so beautiful. Yes. Like, this like back yes. and forth. He never stops talking. Even love, if, love, love that. Even if he's just being like, like, just take it, take it, take yes, it, whatever. Yes, 100 yes, percent. Always talking. And then after he comes, he's like sometimes you come and you kind of like you're like, oh, do you need a towel? He's like still kissing, touching he's like it. he's he doesn't leave it. And I was like, okay, those were the three big takeaways. Now, do you think he would fall in love if all of a sudden a woman was able to match him with the talking? I mean, I don't know. I think he, I think he has a long-term wife or wife. girlfriend. But like, I, when you're in porn, it's a different thing. Like, you understand, like, this is the right. job. This is what we do. But I'm pretty sure he is with someone. And he's also like someone knowing how to like do the things to then get the camera and make the person in the best light. Yeah. He, he really knows. I mean, he's he's I think he's been doing it forever. He is a pro. Like, I couldn't do porn. I no. The whole thing, like, I love fucking. I love, like, having, like, but having a bunch of people there and cameras couldn't and lights. Be in the of, moment. Oh, dude, I would not be able to do it. And that's, like, 40% or 80% of what I offer would be, like, being in the moment. Yes. And if I was a penis man, I really couldn't do it because I feel for that so much with the pressure of keeping your penis hard. Dude, that's apparently one of the hardest things in porn is of that. Of course. And dudes are medicating and doing all this stuff so they can keep it hard. And there's even this thing called like the pin or something there's like a part of your dick where if you stick a pin in there oh no it like hits some vessel or some blood thing and it'll force your dick to be engorged and it'll stay like that for hours uh and some dudes are doing that some guys are getting like um this it's the same technology as that uh a, a trans men have where it's like oh the yeah pump. The, yeah yeah yes. some straight dudes are getting pumps installed Would they ever put like your penis like not hard in a thing like a like basically like a strap on and then you could just do it i guess then people could see, see they like, hey yeah. but they get they have really realistic ones like yeah. there's a place in amsterdam that's so realistic yeah. i feel like if i was a porn star maybe that's what i would do i put my penis in that and then get a really big one of those but yeah. it's still and i'd swear it was mine like those people with the contacts <laughs> where it's like are those contacts like no no it's my real eyes but i was yeah, just born yeah. like this like so why does everyone ask me that yeah, yeah. that's what i would do yeah that's a good plan it's because the pressure of keeping your penis hard i really do and then you can't phone it in because sometimes i'll be like wearing a strap on and like all have come but then i can keep on like moving yeah but if i i just am like oh my god if i had a was a penis man and then i came then my penis wouldn't be hard like so sometimes i'll really be thinking about penis men while i'm having sex and you they have to like come at specific times i have a buddy who did porn right. and he said it, he did a few things and it was all like gangbang kind of stuff and he said that it uh it gave him a really bad relationship with sex because you can't come for so long, or at least on these shoots. I don't know if right. it's like that for everything. And so it would be hours where he can't come and he would get bad blue balls. And he started to get this like pain relationship with sex where sure. like, oh, if you're gonna have sex, it means you're gonna, your body's gonna hurt. Right. Um, because they need to save the cum shot for this like specific moment. Jesus. Yeah. It's like, we've got someone on the moon. We can't figure out a better way to get a cum shot. No, no. Like just. And there's all these tricks they use too. There's this uh, cream that they use that to simulate cum, the like a squirt water up in the pussy to simulate squirt huh. they like there's all these tricks that the porn industry does because it is about like we're right. putting on a show now we're gonna do a lightning round called who what where when and how earlier in the episode we did why to men so now we're gonna play a little game where we cover the rest of the big questions love it 
Who do men fear? Who do men fear? People. I'm I'm afraid of like I guess concepts like mm. responsibilities. I guess <laughs> I thought you were gonna say death for some reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the idea like I think what stresses dudes out the most is that yeah I've got to take on these things like whatever like if you're I say you're out with your girlfriend it's like the if something go is going on, like say if uh, some dudes are like walking up to you, they're whistling at your girl or something, then you're like, I got to take right. action. I have to protect this person. I'm probably the bigger, stronger person here and I need to protect them. That I think is one of the biggest stressors is like being out in the world and like uh, uh, those conflicts you have to take on. Um, this like concept of like needing to be a financial provider or, mm. and for some dudes you are like some, some guys it's like, you're, you're the breadwinner. You have a stay at home wife or whatever. And you are like, I have to, I, if I'm not holding it down, if I fall apart, the whole system totally. falls apart. What do men do to help them fall asleep? Oh, so I'm very much like a science dude. Like really? I love, oh yeah. You got a nighttime routine? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get a fucking nighttime routine. Dude, okay, the big one, stop the screens. Stop Damn, the screens. I was screen. literally about to say I just watch action movies. Dude, you gotta, I mean, you do you. you no, do I need to do it. I know, cause I've been so much healthier in my, like drinking the water, taking the this, rubbing canola, not canola oil, rubbing some type of oil on myself. It's good for yes. people with ADHD, taking magnesium. Blah, blah, blah. Magnesium, that's Doing great that one. Doing stuff, but then at night, at right before bedtime, I start watching action movies. So once the sun goes down, do you have like night shift on your phone and stuff? <clears throat> I override it every night. <laughs> you override every your night Every single night. Dude, I, I'm so used to night shift now that I'll do stuff and people be like, what's wrong with your phone? And I'm like, I don't night know. Shift. I'm right. on night shift like crazy. So you gotta get night shift on. When you get home, try to keep l lights low, low light on. Like if you can get light bulbs that have lower wattage, also overhead light, try to not do that. Try to do stuff that's maybe at eye level. Don't do the screens. Chamomile tea. Oh my God. Get a sleep mask. Wow. Try like mouth tape. Not everyone's comfortable with. If you like, you don't have to do this all at once. Do like what you feel comfortable right. with. The mouth tape, it makes you nose breathe more. The nose breathing helps uh, you offset carbon dioxide more, which helps you get a better sleep, which mm. increases your dopamine while you sleep. That's another thing. The screens in the middle of the night, the light in the middle of the night, Messes fucks up. up your dopamine. Oh, and I need do need help with that. So this will help balance your dopamine or give you better dopamine, and which also helps your like hormones in the long run. Mm. So it'll make your estrogen levels and your testosterone levels better. Um, and so you just tape your mouth shut? I, yeah, I have this little mouth tape I bought on Amazon. You huh. just put it over your mouth. Sleep mask, no screens. And all, I got to be very clear about this. I am not perfect with this. Right. Um, and another thing is there's this thing called the parasympathetic sigh, I think it's called, where you do two inhales and then a long exhale. Mm. If you're exhaling for longer than you're inhaling, it like calms you down. So when I'm trying to go to sleep, I do like a... And you'll and do this whole thing even if someone's spending the night too? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Like, I'll, And you just do that on repeat. That If you can do that sigh on repeat, I will... Since I've started doing that, I like don't remember... Like I'll be like, oh, I was sighing and then I was, hmm. I was out. It really helps you go to sleep. It help, uh, all, and those are all little things you can do just to help your sleep get better. And when I have healthy sleep, I feel oh, so yeah. much fucking better. I am so amazed by people with kids because mm -hmm. like the first thing I'll think of besides like what congratulations is I'm like your sleep this game like fucked. never underestimate the power of what sleep does to your brain yeah because it your ability to like respond to things because if you don't do that like say you're traveling how thrown off do you get i do get thrown off i can sleep pretty well in all environments i'm not someone who's like that's oh, not my bed or like right. i can sleep on planes and all that stuff i try to I, I try to never fly before noon. That's a big thing. So I'm sleeping well the day of the flight. Yes, that's a that's a big self-care one. Oh, I yeah. only started doing this past year where I was like, red eyes are never worth it. Mm -hmm. Like if I have to fly in a day early or do something else to just sacrifice the day, I will have to do that even if whatever, I'll, I'll take the L on it because sleep is that. The, actually, I've probably only been doing that in the past like eight months. Yeah. But you get to a point where you're like, I you have to do it. I prioritize my sleep a lot. I've been in like health and wellness is stuff that I've paid attention to for a long time. Mm. And like I said, I'm never perfect with it. I go in Progress and out of this stuff. Perfection. Um, but a big one where I've like, sleep has been a huge priority. My dad got Alzheimer's mm. and that from the type of Alzheimer's got, it's not genetic, but it's from lack of sleep. And he's like a shift. He was doing shift work forever. I didn't know he gets Alzheimer's from that. Oh yeah. You can get Alzheimer's from like a ton of different mm. things. Um, but sleep is, has such a huge impact on your brain and your brain health that lack of sleep, 
will worsen those conditions like poor diet and all these other sure. things can worsen it as well. Uh, but that is, that's a, a big factor. I feel for people with kids so much in that regard. Yeah. Cause you're blitzed. So if you have kids and you're working and you do it like good for you. Oh, 100%. Like good for you. Cause it is so, it's so, I mean, I literally am saying this after I watched my niece and nephew, I think for like, it was like four days. Yeah. And now I'm like, how? how yeah you know you get in no sleep you're up and then they're like bing they want so many things so many things and you can't slow down it's can't not slow like down like when i'm feeling tired in my personal life and i have i don't have anyone else to care right. for i'm going i'm going to take a nap i'm like right. i'm going to do this I'll, I'll i'll put this off till tomorrow it's like no no your kids needs need to be met right now so much respect for the parents yes where do men want to be approached by women? What would be the best place for someone to approach you Ooh, in real life? I would say in real life. Or it could be DMs if you prefer a social media holler. I I I am very responsive to DMs. If you want to approach me in person at a show is great. I feel like nightlife environments. I'm not saying like if you're out at night that means you're trying to fuck or you're trying to meet someone. Right. But I think that we understand as a common ground where that is part of the environment. Yes. That's so why you're out. That's why you're out. It's like but so uh, approaching someone. At, yeah, approach me at a bar or a club or whatever and then there's also the it's an easy if someone girl comes up and starts talking to me da, 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 and we're getting off and I go oh do you want a drink and we grab a drink then we're like kind of tethered in this moment yes. where we have a drink and we'll talk and, yeah approaching people in person i did not like that much i mean i did actually comedy club environments i'm trying to think i would have a harder time that because some it's more likely someone will come up to you in that environment mm -hmm. and i would feel nervous if they saw a good show then mm -hmm. they would expect the show to be that good. like i think they'd have a false representation because like they just saw me with like this like really prepared in this like really artificial environment mm -hmm. where then i'll be like oh no do they think the show's going to keep on going yes or if it's a bad show i'm like i do not want to talk I, to yeah, i don't want to talk to anybody yeah i'm, I'm like, so i need to i'll do it but it's like i don't it's not going to be yeah i'm not in a good place right now I what's just, the best way for them to come up with they like what did my girlfriend, oh no, my girlfriend, when we met at a show, she was like, oh, you're f so funny or something like that. And then she asked if I wanted to go get pizza. I was doing a diet and I said, I got to go eat carrots. <laughs> so I'm not so good in, pers <laughs> in person. And I also, I assume everybody is straight too, always. Yeah, yeah. Always, always, always. I just assume people are straight. And when I'm in that, like someone would have to hit on me so hard for me to like, then think of the gaydar thing. Yeah, that is like, do, 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 do. Right. you're picking them up. Yeah. Sometimes if it's like, it'll be like older women that'll be like, oh, I wish I experimented more in college. Like they'll get pretty like more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah, don't we all? And then what? I just, you know, have a good night. <laughs> but if someone were to come up to you after a show, they would be like, I'm trying to think, of, I'm trying to picture myself as a straight girl. If I was going to come up to you after a show, I'd, I'd be like, oh God, I guess. Well, yeah, because I'd be like, oh, that was so funny. But everyone would be saying that. Yes. So I'd be like, if I was smoking hot, then I would let that talk for me. I think the direct being direct is the thing because I'm I'm not in the sense of where I don't think anyone's straight. It's that I'm like, oh, no one is trying to fuck me right now. Right. It, but unless they are like, oh, what are you doing later? Because some of the people who come up to me are- I would never have actually thought to ask that. I swear to God. That yeah. wouldn't have been, that would have been like number 100 on my thing. Because I was like, you have nice eyes. Like, I love that face. Yeah, be like, what are you doing later? We're going to this place. Do you want to come meet us there? That's like a great where I'm like, all right, it's on, it's on. We're, or it's at least we're interested. We're going down this road after a show. Yes, yeah. I hear people saying like they're trying to date in New York and how hard it is because it's all got to be on the apps. You got to do the apps if you're not out and about a lot. I think the apps are important. There's a few people I met in person. Me, like I think because we're in a, a good position where we're doing shows, people sure. are coming to see us. So like I. Uh, I was having a monthly in New York and uh, after the show, people would come up and be like, oh, and then that's kind of how I would meet people in the city. Um, the apps are great. Um, a place I would want to get hit on, but I, I strictly do not hit on people there mm. is the gym. If you came really? up to me at the gym, I would be very responsive, but I do not hit on people at the gym. I think that's really fair yeah. because so many people have crossed that line where then women are getting hit all the time at the gym mm -hmm. and they're like, don't. And it's also, it's a, it's a, you're, it's a focus place. You're right. focusing, you're working out, you're trying to get something done. You need to not be interrupted. You need to be like mind, body connection, all those things. So I'm like, do not. But if you want to hit on me at the gym, I think that would be great. I wish there was a way to like, maybe there's like a bracelet that people could wear that they're single <laughs> at the gym. So people can be like, oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll do that. Mm -hmm. We'll do this. Just point at the bracelet. Oh, no. How do men get over a breakup? Ooh, I think there's like different ways dudes do it. 
I think it depends on the kind of breakup. Because sometimes you break mm. up with someone, you go like, oh, man, a good thing that's Thank over. God, right. And there's sometimes you get your heart ripped out and you're like devastated. Uh, I think dudes do something similar that ladies do is you sleep with your ex a bunch of times, which is <laughs> like, you know, you shouldn't, but you do it. And you just keep going back, even though it's. There's maybe- that one. That yes. you circle back to over the years. Oh, yeah. And you uh, have understanding. Yes. That, that, and then you do eventually have to cut that off when you're in love with somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't have that. Being like, uh, there was an ex I was very good friends with. I still consider her a friend. Right. But she started dating someone, and then she stopped talking to me as much, which I completely understand. That, sure. like, it would be, if I was dating someone, they go, oh, here's my really good friend, my ex-boyfriend. They, yeah, no, that's, it, it's not even an insecurity thing. It's like, oh, this person is an absolute threat to my relationship. Right. You guys were in love before. Yes. Like that's, there's, it's, it's just a fact. And cutting that off is actually freeing. Cause I had yes. an ex that I still talk to really regularly. And I had other people be like, stop talking. Like you got to like change the dynamic with this person, other yeah. girlfriends. And then this is the first girlfriend where I, I did. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would really miss it, but I, it took like months later for me to be like, oh yeah, that was unfair mm-hmm. of me to do. Because once you have crossed that line, I think you can be friends with some exes, though, but it's gotta be like from a long ass time ago. Yeah, yeah, it does. And long. It, and it's just like, you gotta look at it from your partner's perspective too. Like, yes. of course they're gonna be uncomfortable with that. Right. It, how could they not How be? could they not? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Che. Where can people find you? You can find me on all platforms at Che Durena, C-H-E-D-U-R-E-N-A. For all tour dates, you can go to chedurena.com. You'll be able to find me in Denver. Denver will be coming up. Uh, ben Salem, Pennsylvania, that's coming up. Uh, we got uh, New Jersey. Um, we got something in Massachusetts, not Ooh. Boston, but we're going to be doing, that's the big show at the end. Uh, and we're also going to do in Connecticut, but yeah, the big show in Boston, uh, January 14th, I'm doing the Wilbur, my uh, first theater show. Very excited about it. Yeah. If you're in Boston, go to the show. That's going to be so much fun. Cause that theater is so nice. Yes. That was yes. the first place I ever went and watched comedy. And it's yeah. just such a good, you're going to have so much fun at that. Thank you. Thank and Boston's you. like good crowds. Yeah. They're the a good comedy city, man. It's like a Chicago or something. Yes. Like they know how to watch comedy. Right. They're out there to have fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go make sure you go check them out. And also the news, little dinky news. On Twitch and kick, baby. <laughs> Twitch and kick, little dinky news. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to ama at betches.com. Betches.